Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 152. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. We're back up to full strength this week. Yay. Zoner, Zoner, what'd you bring us? Ebola. I brought you <laughs> Ebola. And you Best think that I'm joking? But I'm ever. probably not, because I haven't I haven't felt well. Let's just leave it at that. Foreign country, Mexico. Um, yeah, I haven't felt so well since I got off that boat. But uh, I did get bit by a monkey. Uh, got bit by a jaguar a couple times. Was Dustin Hoffman anywhere near this monkey? You know, it was really weird. I got bit by it, and it was a, a capuchin monkey, like Outbreak. And it bites me, just on the thumb. And all of a sudden... Here come Dustin Hoffman, Renee Russo, and Cuba Gooding Jr. I'm like, holy crap! So I hurried and ran in the ocean. Um, but yeah. Just rinsed it off. Just rinsed it off. No, it no, actually I, didn't break the skin. I, I had been snorkeling earlier, so I think it tasted the salt on my skin. It's like, ooh, this tastes good. Oh, wait, this is a person. This sucks. So, but yeah, got to play with wild animals. Zipline through the jungles of Belize. Um, you got bit a lot by the wildlife. Evidently, nature does not approve. I know. It, I got peed on by a monkey, too. So um, <laughs> They did not want you there. <laughs> That's the new slogan for their tourism board. Get peed on by a monkey. I, I was holding a... I was holding a... Uh, what was it? A spider monkey. Uh, almost two-year-old spider monkey. And she was just hanging on to me. Tried to give her back. She wouldn't let go. She held on tighter. She really liked me. Um, she did not bite or pee on me. So um. They'll put me back in the cage. You don't understand. <laughs> Bring me back to America. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, though. I had a good time. And it was really weird being off the grid for a week. I was literally had no phone, no internet for about eight days. And that's a weird feeling. <laughs> What's really funny is I could tell the instant you and your wife uh, landed back here. Uh, in good old Utah, because immediately both of you were requesting reinforcements in Clash of Clans. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I th we were trying to request them in New Orleans at their airport, but the, the Wi-Fi in the New Orleans airport sucks hard. Um, so when we flew to L.A. to catch our flight home to Utah... Yeah, we just flew right over Utah to L.A. It made no sense. You got a, you got a couple level three capuchins. You got some level four jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> so we we found a charging station and immediately started requesting troops. And then we almost missed our flight. <laughs> it would have been worth it, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure well, it would have. We're glad to have you back. If you would like Ebola from Zoner, uh, just let us know and he'll send that in the mail or something. Not cough or something into yeah, an envelope. Well, I promised everyone that you were bringing them back souvenirs. I know. And as I was at the gym the other day listening to the show, um, I, I actually thought that's my gift to all of our listeners is I will give them Ebola. The gift that keeps on giving. Yes. Well, hey, uh, now that we've had that delightful little side venue, we want to give a shout-out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Shout-out to our awesome hosts over at 4814.com. A little bit tricky. It's 48-14.com. It's better than 24-7. It's 4814. We were actually offline. I don't know if you guys knew this. We were offline for a short little while. Just, uh, a little just the bit. other night. Yeah. Uh, we were out down for like 40 minutes. I didn't know this until 
the guys at 4814 sent me an email. I get it on my phone just to let you know there was a problem with your cPanel setup. We are on it. We're trying to get it fixed. We will let you know as soon as it's taken care of. 40 minutes later, okay, you're back up and good. We'll be monitoring it all night to make sure that the changes we applied stuck. These guys take care of you. If you want a perfect WordPress setup or really any setup, head on over to 4814. Let them know we sent you. Really awesome guys. Great hosts. And we have had bad hosts, so we know what a good host is like. Yes. We won't won't get into that again. Also, hey, uh, we have a new... Uh, affiliate you should check out go on over to stolendroids.com and up at the top you'll notice a new banner it has a starship enterprise on it that'll take you into a special landing page from eagle moss limited if you don't see it turn off your ad block shame on you <laughs> or at least whitelist uh, our site for it <laughs> yeah you know hey well, you can trust us but now these are the guys that make those collectible figurines for all sorts of different things the banners for star trek but you can go through. They have a lot of different stuff. These are the figurines that they make once, do a limited run of, and they don't make them again. People buy these things up by the droves and then sell them back at an inflated price on eBay or on Entertainment Earth or on any of those collectible sites. But this is where you can get them direct. Uh, sign up through us, and you get an introductory offer for only like 5 bucks. It's amazing. So... Go ahead, check it out. That's the banner up at the top at StolenDroids.com for Eagle Moss Limited. Now, is that introductory offer kind of like the old Columbia House Music Club where you get 15 CDs for a penny and then nine months later you get a bill for like $8,000 because... I don't want to say yes because it's not quite that way, but it's a similar subscription offer. Uh, And I know... That's, that really turns a lot of people off. So let me say this right now. If you're not in the mood to buy some figurines, just check out the site anyway. You don't have to sign up, but check it out and see what they have. If this is stuff that you buy anyway, and I know for a lot of our listeners it is, this is the way that's going to save you the most money is to sign up through these guys. And I say that as the guy who bought thousands of, probably of CDs from Columbia house and BMG. So yeah. And how many you know, uh, figurines that's not a do you bad have? Thing. How many, what I'm not ready for that kind of commitment? <laughs> <laughs> I've only been married for seven years. I don't know if I can handle that kind of commitment. I was just going to say, how many uh, figurines do you have by the way? Um, none from these people, but I need to do that. Uh, Unfortunately, like food for my kids tends to take priority. Uh, if you remember Stark, uh, our, our fourth uh, our fourth musketeer over on Starfleet Academy podcast, he has an entire fleet. He has like a few fleets, and it turns out the figurines he has are from Eagle Moss Limited. So, I mean, these guys make quality. Check them out. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is good stuff. Um, we want to give a shout out to our feedback we got on Twitter. Nathan Little uh, wrote in defense of Comic Sans, and he linked us a video. You can check it out. <laughs> I've seen this video before, though I don't fully remember what is said in it. This is a, a callback to Schmitty getting very militant against Comic Sans in our last episode. <laughs> Not so much militant, just, uh, eh. you know. <laughs> you know, I remember as I was listening to that, I thought Comic Sans isn't the worst one. It's Papyrus not. is the worst one. Well, Papyrus is only the worst one because people overuse it. Comic Sans is the worst one because it's the worst one. <laughs> well, the point in that video, though, is that 
Comic Sans is the worst one because it gets overused. So we bring that upon, we, we are the ones responsible for making Comic Sans so crappy because it has been well, misused and overused. Yes and no. I mean, there's, there's some fonts that you could see a lot of and they wouldn't get old. Futura is one of them. Um, I really like Trajan. Trajan is one of the few fonts that have perfect kerning throughout all the character sets. And kerning is important, as we learned from last episode. Yeah, and I'm not a typography nerd. I really am not. But those two fonts, I love. Futura and, and, and Trajan. I, would, I could see those on everything and never grow tired of them. I could see Courier New on everything and never grow tired of it. But, I could see but I'm Ariel. A, I'm a programmer, so... <laughs> Ariel is mine. There's no, a Zoner living out his uh, My Little Mermaid <laughs> fantasies. Look at these fonts. Aren't they neat? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. do you think gosh. the alphabet's complete? <laughs> wow. Well, that dissolved quickly. Anyway, yes, Nathan, thank you so much for letting us know. <laughs> also, uh, for everyone that was in the pre-show, um, Schmitty was not able to join the pre-show. We got his uh, issue taken care of, so he, that's why he's here now. Good computer. You, sh- you can go ahead and join us on the pre-show. We always announce it uh, ahead of time on Twitter and Google Plus and Facebook. Uh, if ever you aren't on a social network and just want us to let you know directly, you know, send us an email, feedback at stolendroids.com. I'll drop you a line, let you know when it's happening. And into headlines. Took us long enough. It did. It did. Well, See what happens when I come back. I just completely bring the show down. Complete Although- madness. <laughs> Although last week you guys were talking all these like wacky facts and whatnot. And one of you mentioned, this is what happens when Zoner's not here. What if he were here? Oh, he'd have some <laughs> witty comment. That made me smile inside to know that I am the funny one. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Anytime. I sure, hope that, I sure hope that wasn't the witty comment. Otherwise, we gave you way too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just genuinely being thankful. Uh, first up, we have uh, news that an online agency may be spying on you, and it's not the one you think. News came out this last week that Valve, yes, that company, Valve, the online game distributor, may be spying on you. It turns out they've been using uh, your DNS cache to see if you've been possibly cheating in online games. By analyzing the DNS cache, they can catch cheaters who may have basically downloaded some things that may be allowing them an advantage in games. That's a problem. If you don't know what DNS is, the domain name services, it's kind of like a phone book or a translator that tells your computer that google.com equals this series of numbers, the IP address. Without the DNS service, you would need to remember every the single address of every web page you visit. It's it's horrible. Yeah. And so with, with as many users as there are on the internet typing in internet addresses, the DNS servers get quite a bit of traffic. And so to, to combat that, your computer's your computer temporarily stores those uh, DNS record, the, the DNS records that you go to, um, on your computer, and so they're they're cached on your computer, and that's what Valve is tapping into to try to find out if you've been cheating. Well, now here is why this is an imperfect idea of tracking, because uh, right now I'm on StolenDroids.com and everything's great, right? Except for the fact that not everything on StolenDroids.com 
is hosted on StolenDroids.com. For instance, while you're there, you're also hitting our Google tracker that allows us to see how many people are visiting the site. It's just standard practice. Everyone does it. But that means there's a piece of code your computer is loading that you don't even see from Google. What if one of the images we have is actually hosted somewhere else? You would never know that. And you technically (laughs) did not visit that site. But according to your DNS cache, you did. Yeah, if you if you remember a couple of months back, we covered on the show where PHP.net was actually blacklisted by Google as being a malware site. It's because something on, on their site was being hosted from another domain, and that domain was was flagged as a, a malware site, a, a possible malware site. And so because PHP.net hosted a piece of code from a, another domain that was flagged, php.net then got flagged so there, there's there's potential issues that like that so now uh, unfortunately this scan has had some uh, far-reaching qu- consequences evidently there's 60 games using this particular method of anti-cheat and since they've gone through and looked at it in recent days there's been a huge wave of bans uh just people getting banned from steam left and right which uh I don't know. I mean, when you install things like this, like like Steam, you are agreeing to certain things that you know they're going to do. But I seem to remember when Blizzard did this, when you wanted to go up onto Battle.net long, long ago, and they said that they would scan your computer and report everything on your computer back to Blizzard for the same reason, and people went up in arms over it because it it's illegal. Well, people were pretty upset with this, too, when the news broke. And actually, Gabe Newell, the uh, CEO of Valve, went on Reddit and did a Ask Me Anything. And essentially, he was saying, this is what we do. This is why we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. If you think we're evil or bad because of it, then that's up to you to decide. But we're trying to level the playing field for everyone, which I respect that he came out and said, you know, this is what's up. Yeah, so it, it turns out that it, it may not be as evil as, as everyone thought it was at the beginning because what they're doing is the program itself that's installed on your computer is pre-checking DNS entries. It doesn't send anything to Valve unless it flags something as a potential cheat. Um, at that point, they hash it, which is basically like a way of encrypting it. Um, they send it to Valve's servers at that point, only after it's been flagged. Um, and then they check the hash against their database. So they can't even see what URL it is, but they have a, a list of, of other hashed URLs that are possible cheating sites. Then if it gets flagged again, then they, they flag you for a future ban. I just said flag like a billion times in that sentence. But um, it, it, the way they're doing it, they really can't see what sites you're visiting. If you're worried about them seeing your, your porn history or your bank your bank site or whatever, they cannot see those URLs. So the way they're doing it is pretty, pretty smart. Yeah. Not perfect though. And I, not perfect. I, I would hope that they could get a better system in place. So I guess the way around it, flush your DNS cache before you launch steam constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Just a thought. IP config slash flush DNS. Well, and, and that's the other thing he mentioned is it, if you do visit a site, that gives you hints on anti or on cheating or whatever you're flagged once but then what they do when you're flagged on their servers then they check for the other IP addresses that those cheats use most most of these cheats 
are constantly checking another website for you know updates or whatever and that's what they're searching for so even if you're even if you go to a website that that has these cheats on it you're not automatically going to get banned well, and the question that no one has answered yet, and if they have, I've missed it, is exactly what kind of cheats are they really worried about? Are these sites that install auto loaders or side loaders or toolbar helpers that actually change a part of the program to help you cheat? Or is it like IGN.com that offers tips, tricks, and cheats? And many games that you search on IGN actually says right there at the top, tips, tricks, and cheats. Yeah, they yeah. they don't they don't say what kind, but uh, they do. Um, he does mention that the that that the cheats that they're looking for are ones that are that people pay to use the cheats, and most of those are ones that give you a very unfair advantage in games, like an aimbot or something. Yeah, aimbots or or something that makes you invisible or invincible or unlimited ammo, things like that. And I I highly doubt that that uh, the IGN videos that you mentioned would be flagged. You'd be flagged for for cheating on that because I, I remember going through the the halo challenges trying to find all the skulls and yeah people thought it was cheating by going to youtube and 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 finding the videos on them but I, that doesn't give you an unfair advantage because everyone has access to those videos and they're free so right I, subjective i guess <laughs> well moving on into uh other online data gathering. The New York Times has published an interesting piece this week on Google Plus and how Google actually feels about it. They claim they have knowledge here that Google does not care if Google Plus never re- replaces Facebook because to Google, Google Plus is not an actual social network. It's a data gathering tool to which we say, duh. I so. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we kind of say this when Google Plus came out? And we weren't the yeah. only ones. Yeah, we've been saying this for a while. Here's the thing, people. Everything ties back into Google Plus now. Uh, if you haven't noticed, it's because they've done a very good job of very slowly putting it out there. But your YouTube account is now directly linked to Google Plus. Mm-hmm. Your Gmail account is now tied to Google Plus, which sounds kind of dumb, but it, it, it used to be separate. It used to be two separate things. In fact, we just had some issues with the Stolen Droids YouTube channel because it was stuck on a completely different Google Plus page and it took a bit of finagling to get over onto the correct one. Even if you don't use Google Plus actively, all your data is tied through it now. And what this gives Google is not just information because they've got information. It gives them contextual information. They know that Schmitty is not my brother now. Even though he and I chat back and forth a lot... And he's a friend on all of my social networks. We're not related. We're friends. Same with Zoner. Meanwhile, my wife just went from someone who has the same last name to being my actual spouse. It's contextual information. That's what Google Plus gives Google. Which is really brilliant when you stop and think about it. Well, yeah. But I'm pretty sure we all said this already. I'm pretty sure we have, you know. And it's nice to know that we're like a year ahead of the New York Times again. Three guys just kind of spinning around in their part-time podcast. How do we not have millions of listeners with us being so far ahead of the curve on so many different stories? It's because they're jealous, Honor. <laughs> That's so we'll got to be. I, I'm pretty sure it's a conspiracy that, that the government is probably holding us down because of your 
things that you've said about certain people and certain actions. They've always got to hold the geek brother down. They do. They do. So uh, you, you know, can interestingly send your complaints enough, to feedback at Speaking of the conspiracies and your comments that have probably got us on watch list, I was not on a no-fly list. I was surprised. Yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, were you on the try not to let him back list? No, they let me back in. <laughs> That's they on a separate list. In. It's on Goldenrod. <laughs> you were on uh, the don't save that guy from the pirates list. <laughs> yes. Should the ship sink, let him die list. I think that just goes without saying. <laughs> okay, uh, into some inevitable news. The company who makes Candy Crush Saga, King, is ready to go public. Meaning, in case you're misreading that, they're ready to file for a public IPO for stocks. Now, that may sound kind of dumb, considering it's an addictive freemium Facebook game, for lack of a better phrase. But last year, they made $1.9 billion. Yeah. <laughs> if you make that kind of money and you have employees, you file for an IPO. It's kind of a given. Now, we're not economists, and we've screwed this up before, but we were pretty accurate when we said that the Facebook IPO wasn't going to make anyone money. Well, except for Facebook. Made them plenty of money. I'm going to go on a limb here, and if anyone wants to correct me, rough, I'm going to say that this is probably not an IPO you want to buy into if you're looking to make money. At least not in the I'll, short term. The only thing I'll correct is it's it's going out on a limb, not going on a limb. So that that's my contribution. The economic part I won't touch. <laughs> if you're going on a limb, it's inferred that you are going out onto the limb. I'm not taking a dump on the limb. <laughs> no, no, you've Just got saying. A point. You've got okay, a point. yeah. <laughs> Just saying. So, there you go. Candy Crush, King Digital Entertainment. Good for you guys. Economy, grammar, and tech, all in one headline. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, speaking <laughs> of... <laughs> Speaking of money and tech, um, Facebook made a rather large purchase this week. And, yeah, oh, my goodness. I can't believe you just did that. Uh, WhatsApp was just purchased for $16 billion, plus an additional $3 billion in stock options. Now, this seems like it came out of nowhere. I mean, am I wrong on that, or...? I well, think there were, that there's been talk yeah, of there was... Google and Facebook both being interested in WhatsApp, but um, nothing had happened until this week. Yeah. What exactly, for, for those of us who are uninitiated, describe what WhatsApp is. A messaging app? I mean, that's I've used it for all of about five minutes. I'm a hand-sent guy, so I keep going back to that even over the stock or whatever other apps are out there. I've used it for a few minutes, never really cared for it that much. So I was kind of surprised to see it go for as much money as it did. Well, now, okay, so here's a question. Why? Uh, and I, I ask this just kind of from the outside because normally I'm right on the pulse. WhatsApp is an app I've never used, never even 
looked at. But why would Facebook be interested in this when they have their own messenger protocol? Well, I, I, I think they went from a user-based point of view. Because, yeah, they have Facebook Messenger, and it does integrate with text messaging, but it's still uh, second in market share to WhatsApp. And I think this is this is kind of like Google buying ways, where they gained like 500 million more users just by an acquisition. So that I that's kind of what I think it is, because as far as functionality goes, they already have it. So they're just buying users at this point. Well, and the interesting thing as well is they said it's going to be maintained separately. It's not going to be integrated with Facebook. Oh, that's interesting. I did that not. So interesting. I I thought that was kind of weird. For, did they say for now? <laughs> I don't believe they did, but I'm sure that's inferred. We promise, TM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. I'm actually interested more in trying out WhatsApp now that I've heard this news, because I've honestly never heard much about them. Well, you know, I actually thought about putting it back on my phone as well and seeing, you know, what I thought of it, giving it another go. But knowing Facebook is involved, it probably wants to, like, read my emails and everything else. <laughs> wants to know what clan I'm in on Clash. Oh, wait, they already know that. <laughs> they know everything, them and Google. But I thought, I really don't know that I want to put it on knowing Facebook is owning it. Very good point. Very good point. Um, speaking of Google... You just mentioned it there. They, <laughs> yes. They've decided to partner up with VMware, of all companies, to try and work together to allow traditional Windows apps to run on Chrome OS. I have long uh, speculated that they were going to have to do something like this. I don't, I don't think I've brought it up on the show because it's not one of those speculative rumors that I could back up. But in order for the Chrome OS, both Chromebooks and Chrome Tops, uh, to be actually usable... You need bigger apps. Yeah. Yeah, that's been the argument for a long time is that Chrome OS is really only useful if you're only going to do things online. But everyone's argument is that, no, what if I want to do uh, an Excel document or edit a picture or edit a video? Um, then you can't do it. Well, that's where this comes in. Um, VMware has a, uh, a technology called Horizons, where they're they're offering through HTML5, kind of a, a remote desktop style uh, app hosting. So this will give Chrome OS users an in to all the uh, all the apps that they they don't have access to uh, on a Chrome OS, which which is brilliant. And I don't know if it's how much it's going to cost because um, Google likes to do things for free or cheap, but VMware doesn't. VMware yeah. doesn't. And if you if you look at the current VMware Horizon plans for businesses, it's $150 a month if you pay for three years in advance. Well, and the question I have here, as someone who has not used this, what remote system are you remoting into? Is it theirs? Is it one of your own? Well, I know VMware has some cloud-based services. Yeah. And so that's probably I assume that that's what it is. Yeah, right right now if you if you get their Horizon um Horizon subscri subscription and it is a subscription, you are buying a uh you're buying access to a cloud desktop hosted on their servers um and you can log in as much as you want uh and as long as you want 
uh, as long as you're paying that $150 a month. Um, that, that, that does raise a good, big question because they said that this isn't going to be available for a while. So are they doing something special for Google where... Well, sorry, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, are they going to do something where you're going to either have to buy a Windows license or something or is it going to be a monthly subscription or is it going to make the Chromebooks more expensive or maybe a subsidy? It, there's a lot of questions at stake here. So, Well, it's just it's, that's just it. It's like if I wanted to have a Chromebook but I need to mix down this show. Well, I use um, software for that that cannot run on a Chromebook. So am I going to have to set up a remote cloud-based desktop to have my software and access to my files so that I could mix down a podcast there? Because to me, that sounds like a big, tall glass of nope. (laughs) (laughs) I am not taking software that I paid money for and uploading it to someone else's desktop to install there to do the work there. But at the same time, what you're saying makes sense. Otherwise, all they're doing is offering up a remote desktop um, app to go to a system that you've set up, which TeamViewer already does, VNC already does, and they all have HTML5 viewers too. Mm. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. There's just a lot of holes in this setup. It kind of does, and I, I went and, when when I heard about this, I went and got a seven day trial of Horizon, and I've been trying it out. Uh, it is a little slow and laggy, even though I was on an eighty megabit down connection. Um, but when you when I opened up Excel and was using Excel, it looked like I it was open in in my Windows. It didn't look like I was in a remote desktop. And when I clicked save save file or open file, it accessed my file system. So if they could get that to work seamlessly with Chrome OS, you could, in theory, mix down an entire episode of Stolen Droids on your Chrome OS, and never you would never notice or bat an eye at the fact that you are remoted into some, some other system because it's integrating with your Chrome OS. Now, that's just a, assuming because that's the way that the current horizons work, but... Uh, I guess we'll have to wait to see. Uh, color, color me still skeptical because, yeah. I, yes, you're right. I could do that, or I could simply use Adobe's um, online services, their cloud services, pay for a month worth of you know Audition or Photoshop or whatever, or use um, Microsoft's Office 365 cloud service where you're using the actual software as a service saas instead of having to set up a daas which is a desktop as a service you know it's like i see this as a business model that someone else has already done done better done more affordable and beat you to the market by a year and a half yeah well and that and that's why i say it's going to depend a lot on the cost if they can find a way to do it cheap or free then this is for, for people that don't already have a desktop or, or a laptop, this would be the way to go. I want to buy a $180 laptop. Oh, and by the way, I, I get the ability to do this other stuff if I need to. Even if it's like a $20 a month subscription type thing like Adobe does, that's still better than buying a an $800 laptop, you know, Windows laptop. If so, they're able to do this for free, it's going to be a game changer. It will be, if they can do it for free. <laughs> and that's the big question, so. I don't even, I don't think even Google can do it for free. Uh, and the reason I say this, and this actually kind of leads into another headline. I don't even know if it's in our show notes, but Schmitty, you showed it to me. Google is now hosting SQL servers. Yeah, they're hosting MySQL databases. 
um, for uh, for apps that are run on Google's App Engine. But for a price. Right. Because even Google can't give you that much for free. Well, I think it's free up to 25 gigabytes, I want to say. And I, I don't have it up in front of me. But then after that, it's it's a it's a paid subscription, and it gets pretty expensive pretty quickly. Um, but you're running on redundant servers. I mean, this, we're talking about servers that are akin or, or better than Amazon's EC2 servers. So... But then again, now, I'm not I'm not a huge SQL guy. I've got experience using SQL. It's it's pretty cool. But I can't imagine I can imagine that well, no, I cannot imagine that a SQL database takes up gigs and gigs of space. So depends I depends on what you're storing. Normally you're that, right. That is true, but for the typical developer that would benefit from this I can't imagine. I, I would think that they'd be able to fit all sorts of stuff in 25 gigs. Schmitty? Am I am I wrong, Schmitty? No, 25 gigs, gigs is a lot for a database, um, and, that, and that's why I'm questioning myself. And um, I'm going to be googling that pretty soon here. But because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, me I mean, Google right now, like uh, in in my production environment at work, when I, I'm hosting our entire internal application on my computer, and it's barely breaching 8 gig. So, and it's a pretty big pretty big database. So, yeah, most most servers have issues running databases that's big. So, it's nice to have Google's cloud services behind you. I got to tell you a quick little divergent story here. My best uh, experience with SQL was during a job interview when the person who was interviewing me, who obviously knew nothing about tech, asked me how familiar I am with Squirrel. <laughs> really? <laughs> And I had no clue what they were talking about. I'm like, I they like nuts. I uh, what is this? I well, you know, we put all of our data into it. And we can run reports off of it, and a lot of different programs use it as their backend. Oh, oh, SQL. Yeah, okay, yeah. I I know I know SQL or Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Just had. A, Did they give you the job? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Because oh, evidently, okay. I knew more than them. <laughs> I was wrong. I did look it up. Um, it's not 25 gigs for free. In fact, they don't have a free tier. Uh, 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was way off. Samsonite. <laughs> Half a gig for 36 cents per day. Um, which is That's less than the price of a cup of coffee or a small African child. <laughs> <laughs> or to symbolically adopt a tiger. Our, our stolen droids bat- database is less than 200 megs, so we would fit in that 36 cents per day. So, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> that went bad so fast. Thank you, Zoner. We missed that. You're welcome. Okay. Did you guys miss me so much? I mean, mm-hmm. who's going to bring the show down like that but me? Me. Well, yeah, there is that. Okay, uh, into some other great Google news, actually. And I, I can't believe it took them this long to do this. But <laughs> Google has announced that moving forward, all phones will run. Well, sorry, all phones will run the newest version of Android at launch. No yes. more phones launching this year with honeycomb or gingerbread or ice cream sandwich on it. No more of that. I mean, I'm exaggerating with gingerbread. That hasn't happened for a while. But there's still phones now that will be coming out. You know, Barcelona's Mobile World Conference is happening this week. And you know there's going to be phones launched at it that are going to be touting that they're running Jelly Bean. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's like, well, I'm sorry, but this phone won't launch for another couple months, and KitKat is already out. And yeah. Google's kind of fed up with that. Yep. So moving forward yeah. now, if you want to launch an Android phone, it better be running the latest version at launch. You don't have to support it again. <laughs> I mean, you could drop support for it a week after it hits the market. They don't care about that. They just want you to at least launch it with a current OS. Yeah, th this was exciting for me, except for when I got to the point in the clause that uh, you have an upgrade cycle of nine months. So, yeah, you have to launch with, with the latest version, but then when the next version comes out, take your time, nine months. It's it, They should have a more rigid up, upgrade cycle, and I I was hoping this would come with that, and it didn't, so... Do you think that that's to appease some of the providers like Verizon who take like two years to get an update approved because they got to put all their bloatware on? I it's think possible. so. Yeah. Now, you know, with my job, it's very interesting because I, I beta test a lot of cell phones, a lot of Android cell phones. So I see stuff before it's out there on the market. And one of the number one complaints I hear from people who are doing the tests is I wish that it had the latest version of Android. And it's not like they're putting gingerbread out there. Froyo. But, <laughs> yeah, they're touting donut, man. It's awesome. But it, that is a very legitimate concern. So I'm very happy to see that Google is addressing this and saying, if you're going to be in our sandbox of Android, you're going to play by some rules, which I think is very important for them to do to kind of control this a little bit i want to see what this does to the launch schedule of certain phones though if they knew that google if they know that google io is coming out in a month is that going to encourage them to rush a phone to launch you know the week before it so might. in case they launch you know whatever l is going to be <laughs> lemon meringue and they're still stuck on kitkat because believe it or not i mean i know a lot of people say well why not just give me the update it's just a google update Sometimes these updates can really do a lot to a phone, and it takes the manufacturer a lot of time to do all the testing to get it out there to make sure it's stable. And if they've just spent six months making sure it's stable on KitKat, they can't afford to wait another six months to get it certified for Lemon Meringue, which I'm making up. doesn't actually exist. So you have two options. You either hold off launching the phone for another six months, or you launch it with an older version of android already on there well now you have a third option that's going to be forced on them launch it before the potential new kernel yeah so are we going to see a lot of just really bad android phones out there you think mm -hmm. no i i kind of think, think so. this is going to i think i think this is going to help um help push kitkat and later versions of android out faster um because i Manufacturers don't really have an excuse to not use the latest version. Even if um, if you're building a phone right now and you are an approved manufacturer for Google, you have access to the next developer tools for the next available OS. Yeah, well in advance. Yeah, so right now, version uh, Android 4.5 is out in developer form right now. You can go get it, and you you can develop for it if you're a manufacturer. So they have no excuse. By the time 4.5 releases, they should have a phone for it. I want to know what this is going to do. Schmidt, you remember when we went to CES and we saw all the insane amount of knockoffs, mm -hmm. all those really, really cheap manufacturers that all come a very, from a very specific province in China? And they were all touting, oh, this phone has ice cream sandwich and or jelly bean on it. 
<laughs> and we're thinking, that's great. That's not the current Android. <laughs> well, and and if you looked in, in the uh, settings, it was version 4.1, which isn't a sanctioned Android version. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it makes me wonder what that's going to do for those manufacturers. Not that they care anyway. They'll probably still be making it. But so well in instances like that, what do you think Google's going to do? You think Google's just going to start dropping the hammer and saying, "No, you can't do this," because I mean, what? Well, no, Android's kind of the wild west. What? Sorry, you can't uh, install this open source operating system. Yeah, they're not going to be able to to stop everyone from from making a knockoff or or having their own version. This is only for the people that want the actual Google apps, play services. Yeah. So if you want Google mobile services on your phone. At release, it has to be up to date. Uh, if if not, then you don't get Google Mobile services. You have to make your own, and that's kind of it. Kind of looks like that's what Samsung is trying to do anyway, where they're trying to go their own OS way. You know, they're hmm. building their own apps and services into Samsung. So interesting. Well, uh, and to finish up the Google news, even though this isn't actually Google, it is uh, Android news. The Galaxy Gear Two. That's their smartwatch uh, made by Samsung. Uh, they've announced that they won't be running it on Android. Instead, they're going to be running on their own OS called Tizen. Now, this actually makes a lot of sense to me. The smartwatch, the, the, the smart gear, the Galaxy gear, excuse me, if, if you weren't aware, is a accessory that you wear as a watch, and it syncs to your phone. You can see updates, you can see weather, you can swipe through different things, and it controls the functions of your phone or brings those functions to your wrist so you can just look down and see it. I keep looking down at my wrist to show you, but that makes great radio. Well, <laughs> it makes sense to me that it wouldn't be running Android because it's not a phone. You know, this is just an accessory. But it seems yeah. to have a few people up in arms about it. Well, it... it it's 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 odd that it has people up in arms because, like you said, it's it's a watch running full blown Android doesn't make sense even though Galaxy the first Galaxy Gear does. Um, their their operating system, Tizen or Tizen, however they pronounce it, um, has bits of code that kind of hint that it could be run on a phone as well. So this is kind of uh, kind of like what I was hinting at before where. They might be going their own route, and well, well Tizen actually sounds really familiar. It does. Well, I don't like, know where I've heard it before. Like, like maybe it was at one point part of a uh, a phone operating system. Well, didn't didn't Google and Samsung just like form some agreement that's going to go for the next ten years or something, where Samsung's not going to be tweaking? the android os as much and give more of a pure android experience to their users i don't do I, am i remembering that wrong no no you're remembering it correctly so coming out with their own os doesn't that kind of go against that agreement that they've got with google no because this isn't on a phone this is on their own branded accessory Google doesn't care which operating system, if any, you give a Bluetooth headset, you know? No, that's true. But, I mean, I'm talking about if they put it onto phones. And, and to answer my previous question, my own question, I looked it up. Tizen has previously been on phones, also on tablets, netbooks, 
in-vehicle uh, dashboard systems, and smart TVs. It's a very, very small, lightweight Linux distribution. Yeah. I know I had seen it previously on phones and tablets, though. Yeah, I, I, I found another article here I just, I just put in the show notes. Um, Samsung is releasing a phone not, not too far in the future with the Tizen-based operating system, the Samsung yeah, so- ZEQ. It looks like they're just going to keep this totally separate from Android, in which case they're not violating that agreement in the slightest, because what can Google say about, you know, it's like it's like asking what can Google do about Nokia putting Windows Phone on their phones. Well, nothing, because they're not putting anything from Google. <laughs> so. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I just, I don't understand why people are confused about this. It's like saying my, win- my computer runs Windows. Well, why doesn't my keyboard run Windows? Because the keyboard's a freaking accessory. Who cares? <laughs> you know? Now, if you're going to be running apps on your keyboard, then, and yeah, sorry. Then you have problems. But, but see, the, the smart, the, the, I was going to say smart, smart gear, but the Samsung Gear, Galaxy Gear does run apps on it. Um, and most of them are independent of the phone. So I can kind of understand. I mean, Tizen is, it, it does appear to be powerful enough to run its own apps. But this is going to let them, completely step away from android if they if they want to or need to so okay okay um into other phones man this is a very phone heavy (laughs) phone heavy uh episode here this is a phony episode (laughs) ha 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 i see what you did there (laughs) um ubuntu phones which we've talked about in the past barely they've been uh, i think there has been word of ubuntu phones for longer than we've been running a podcast yeah uh, and I keep seeing the same screenshots of them over and over and over. Well, this is what happens when you have an open source foundation running <laughs> an operating system. Yeah, it's they, forever. They even had a, um, a mock launcher for Android phones on, on how the Ubuntu phone would look like. And I ran it for quite uh, quite a few months, and I, I really liked it. But uh, It's really smooth, but they just could never seem to come to market. Well, they have said now that they will be arriving this year, 2014, and they already have two manufacturers lined up one of them is mizu and the other one is bq readers if you don't know them that's because they are second or third tier manufacturers that typically only manufacture to chinese mainland and we never see those phones in uh, the u.s so are we ever going to see an ubuntu phone in the u.s probably not no but i i gotta i I want to say that we'll we'll see the OS. We'll see because the OS will be open source, um, much like Ubuntu is. And there is a huge Ubuntu cult following in in the geek community, especially in the uh, Unix subculture. Um, and so, you, even if manufacturers don't release Ubuntu phones here in the U.S., you will have Ubuntu hacked phones. You'll see Android phones zombified into ubuntu phones and whatnot so we'll see them here just not from official manufacturers for a while we'll see them from xda yeah <laughs> yeah exactly XDA forums. I, I, i've often told people and i don't make a lot of friends this way but i tell them that linux was developed by computer geeks for computer geeks so they could seem better than other computer geeks yep that sounds about right that, that's a horrible overgeneralization, because yes, I know it's based off of Unix, and Unix came before any of them, but there is only one reason why when I say, oh, hey, look, I just set up this web server in Windows, that someone else would come back and say, yeah, well, I set it up in Linux. 
and it's because they're trying to one-up me. That's all great, and I'm real happy you can throw your ego around like that on a server. But unless Ubuntu can really make an interface that Ubuntu fans would hate, I don't see how they're going to work on a phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. It kind of seems like for the people that this is geared towards, you could put out uh, a phone with just a command prompt, and the people that would buy the Ubuntu phone would buy the command prompt phone. Just the same. Yeah. They, 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 people who love Ubuntu, and I'm not talking down to you guys, but you know this, okay? They like Ubuntu because it allows them to get stuff done while feeling really, really competent doing it. Okay? It's not super easy to do things, and that's on purpose, but they, it allows them a lot more power. You don't want a phone to be like that. The only way a phone could work is to dumb down the interface so much that the people who like Ubuntu in the first place would hate it. Well, now now we, we have to back up a little bit because the, what, what you just described about the Ubuntu phone is exactly how I use my Android phone. <laughs> I do things on my Android phone that the average user does not do. And so I'm, I kind of fit in that realm that you're describing. So I can, I can, see, I, I can see what you're saying. But that's exactly what they're going for. The Android market that wants to customize their phone and wants to do extra things that normal users aren't doing. So 15% of the Android market. Exactly. <laughs> I am the 15%. I like your idea of a command prompt phone. That's really what I'd like to see. Right? <laughs> you know, CD slash phone. Remember when Google came out with the... Uh, Execute answer phone call. The, the Google had their... Uh, you had different themes you could put in Gmail, and one of them was the terminal theme. And you could check yeah. your email through command line prompts. <laughs> and uh, I I used that until they got rid of it because it was geeky, and I could check my mail by typing in a few commands. Sorry, I tried to answer your call, but I realized I was in the wrong directory for that <laughs> particular subroutine. <laughs> I lost root access for a second. I forgot my <laughs> password. <laughs> Pseudo answer phone. Okay. <laughs> Into some other news in a completely different vein here. We got to go fast on this one. But someone has made the world's first carbon fiber 3D printer. This is awesome. I, it was only a matter of time, honestly. I mean, carbon fiber is specially suited, almost uniquely suited for 3D printing. But at the same time, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. So th- this printer, uh, starting at about $8,000 can not only print in carbon fiber, but Kevlar. It can uh, also print in fiberglass, nylon filament, and then the regular PLA, which all the other 3D printers can print in. But you know what this means? All the people are tr- people trying to make guns out of the 3D, the, the, the plastic from regular 3D printers, are now, now going to be able to make Kevlar and carbon fiber guns. Well, <laughs> yes and no. Okay, Usually when you make carbon fiber, you're not using carbon fiber filaments. You're using right. a carbon fiber weave. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so hard is that you're actually creating a weave and then throwing a hardener on over it. What this is doing is it's laying down the filament as if it was you know, the PLA or nylon. That's not quite as strong. Oh, they're saying that it is, it is as strong as um, – let's see. I'm trying to find the quote here. Let's see. Prints like plastic. So we can have bulletproof guns. Yeah. Prints like plastic, but stiffer than aluminum. Patent, this patent pending composite is 20 times stiffer than ABS and stronger than 6061T6 aluminum by weight. So 
you're you're right. Not the strongest thing, but still strong enough. It, it so 3D printed guns right now um, can last three to five shots, if that. These carbon fiber guns are going to be able to last five thousand rounds. Again, not like not as much as a regular gun, but and we're just long enough to really, <laughs> really, really scare people. Exactly. In the I mean, news. Can, you can. I don't want to be firing that five thousandth round yeah. through it though, because four thousand nine hundred ninety-eight, five thousand. Oh shoot, I lost count. <laughs> I'm just going to put the gun down now. Yep. Don't need to Elmer Fudd myself. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, into other futuristic things, you can tell it's almost the future because Nike is getting ready their Mag High Tops, those ones from Back to the Future Two. Oh yeah. Yeah, the coming out next year. Power, power laces, laces yeah. baby. Uh, they look like horrible ski boots. <laughs> I would totally rock these out. <laughs> I wonder how many people will rock them just because they're from Back to the Future. A bunch of bunch of forty year old fat geeks. Well, the problem is here is that since Back to the Future Two came out, we've actually had many many shoes that can light up. They're all worn by kids, mm-hmm. and they're freaking annoying. But these don't just light up. Come with seizure warnings. <laughs> I don't know. See, I, I don't like to tie my shoes. Um, so I, I tie them loose enough so I can slip my feet in. But then they're loose all day. This is perfect because I can slip my foot in and then it tightens itself. Tell you what. If- is that because you don't know how to tie your Shut shoes? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. If these things Just could also it. sync with my smartphone, maybe. There- Ooh, that would be cool. Bluetooth. It is Nike. Bluetooth it is Nike. Laces. So if it... If- if it can sync to the fuel band and, and your phone, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Now, there's a technology that was completely not seen in Back to the Future 2. Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. Okay, and finally, our last headline of the week, Fox is screwing up again. It is well known that Fox screwed up Firefly by showing a few of the episodes, not all of them, and showing them out of order and even showing the pilot last on top of that, they also, you know, showed them on different nights of the week from week to week. <laughs> or didn't show them at all. This was back before uh, DVRs were really popular. So, yeah, pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, indeed. Well, they have a new sci-fi show. And it was one that I was worried was going to get canceled a lot sooner. But they've kept with it. And it's called Almost Human. Remember, we talked about this when it first launched. I've been watching every single episode, and I still love it. Good it's not a yes. perfect show, but it's really, really good. Well, I wonder though. I gave, for the record, I think I gave Fox five episodes before they screwed this up and had to cancel. I said it. eight. Um, but a lot of the issues that people are having with it is there's just plot holes. Yeah, yeah. it's things just don't starts make sense. with the story, and then the story doesn't matter anymore, and then it goes back and the story matters again, and it, it just doesn't make sense. Well, within three episodes, they started no. Excuse me, within two episodes, the second episode that they aired should have aired fifth. Yep. And so they started airing the episodes out of order almost immediately, just like they did with Firefly. And it's caused a lot of issues with people not knowing what's going on. Yeah, the, the, the second episode, they didn't air until the eighth week. And and uh, so it, when, when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, okay, this, this, there's some plot holes, but that's okay. But then when it got to the eighth episode, which should have been the second, 
I was really confused because then he goes back to being, you know, the the douchebag that he was in the first yeah, episode, yeah. and I was really confused. And then and when I saw this this article, it made a lot more sense. So now I'm going to go back and watch it in order. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why they're doing this, but I sure hope it doesn't point to things on the horizon of them getting rid of the show because I still love it. I think that they actually just renewed it for a second season, so that's good. Hopefully, they'll stop messing with the schedule and just air it how it's supposed to be. According to this article, no, it's in limbo, and there's no certainty that it'll get another season. Oh, is it? I thought that I had heard somewhere that... Which, if that's the case, I'd like to give a preemptive screw you to Fox. (laughs) Indeed. They screw up what yet another good sci-fi show. Okay, into our favorites this week. Uh, Mine, I, I... I jumped on this as soon as I saw it. I saw it on TV, and I immediately pulled out the laptop and added it as my favorite. It's been a few days now, and chances are good you've seen it, too. Well, it's Jimmy Fallon's first week hosting The Tonight Show, and on Wednesday night, he created a... Uh, well, yeah, it's it's been two days now, and it's already up to 4.3 million views. <laughs> he created another rap using stock footage of Brian Williams, and this time with Lester Holt as well, and they sing Rapper's Delight. It is a work of art. Not only do they rap, but they rap together in sync as a duet. And at one point, while well, one of them is being cut, spliced back and forth, they're doing that split screen thing from New York to Washington, D.C. There's just Brian Williams sipping on a, a mug of coffee, just completely <laughs> deadpan. <Bobbin>. Yeah. <laughs> you, also have a, uh, you also have a cameo from Kathy Gifford, I think, in there. Uh, hey, what? It is, yeah, it is definitely worth checking out. It is awesome. It is awesome. I, I agree. Mine is also a video, and it's very satisfying to me as someone who was bullied in high school, junior high, not so much high school, but junior high and uh, grade school by the jocks, by the douchebags. <laughs> it's, it's nice to see when they fail at life. I saw one of them stocking shelves at Target one night. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he was fat and bald and just looked like life had defeated him, which put a smile on my face. And you might remember the ad campaign a while back uh, that it gets better. And this video, it doesn't get better. It's the jocks and the cheerleaders talking about how life just doesn't get better after high school. And if you were one of these people who bullied kids and your life has not gotten better, you deserve that. <laughs> and I I got no problem saying that. I Tell yeah. us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. But I absolutely love this. Check it out. Okay. So my favorite uh, this week is an infographic uh, come from Jalopnik. Uh, I believe uh, Jason Torchinsky. Sorry if I slaughtered your name there. Uh, he made this uh, infographic on different space rovers, uh, rovers that have been to the moon or Mars. Um, he, uh, he has a few criteria that he used to choose these. Um, like they had to be autonomous and they had to, um, they had to be mobile. Um, and he, he makes this nice infographic of how far they've traveled, uh, how heavy they are, um, how, what company sent or what, what country sent them up and, uh, and the date. So, uh, it's, it, it's really cool. Uh, since I've been I've been following uh, the news about Curiosity, and the the short-lived uh, Jade Rabbit also, so it's it's pretty cool. If you like rovers, check it out. 
All right. Well, that is our show this week. Uh, again, let us know how we're doing. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Uh, until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production. The rhythm of the beat. Now, what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are going to try.